Welcome to the Retail Initiative Podcast. You are in for a treat today. Uh, my friend, mentor, honestly, like one of the people I've learned so much from, um, Bob Negan from Whizbang Retail Training is with us. And we're going to dive into what does it look like to build an effective team. Uh, we touch on a ton of other retail topics. Uh, he is a wealth of information. And I think that today, uh, you're going to learn so much. So if you're listening, we're going to dive into the theme and then get right into it. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, let's get started right now. The rules of retail are changing. One by one, corporate retailers are closing their doors and some call it the death of retail. But those rules never apply to independent retailers like us. We're writing our own rules. We're here to answer the questions about how to grow your business, stay competitive, and still have a life. I'm Josh Orr, and this is the Retail Initiative Podcast. All right, so here with me today is Bob Negan. Bob, thanks for being here. Well, Josh, it is an honor. It's a pleasure. All that stuff. Yes. So if you are a retailer and you don't know who Bob is, um, one, I don't know what rock you're living under, uh, but gosh, Bob, you've been such an uh, inspiration to me. And so much of what I teach, honestly, um, has its roots in the things that you have taught. Um, but for those that don't know who you are, um, who is Bob? What is Whizbang Retail Training? Tell us about yourself a little bit. Sure. Well, thank you, Josh. Um, and thank you for the nice words. So uh, when I, in 1981, I was 23 years old. So yes, that does date me. And I had just graduated from college and I didn't want to get a real job. You know, college was good to me. And I had a new hobby and that hobby was kite flying. And so like many of your listeners, you know, I just, I thought, how hard can it be to run a successful retail store? So uh, I opened one of the world's first kite stores in Mackinac City, Michigan. There's Michigan, there's Mackinac City. He put his hand up and he pointed to like the tip top for those of you listening. (laughs) That's that's something that all Michiganders do, you know, to to describe where you are on the map. (laughs) And, you know, like so many of your listeners, I didn't have any real retail skills. In fact, I had no business skills at all. I had only $2,000 in cash, but I wanted to build this business. And so through trial and error and making lots of mistakes and figuring it out, uh, our business grew. So I hired my bro- my younger brother, Steve, uh, halfway through the first season. So when I talk about we, it was the two of us growing it. And uh, then about 14 or 15 years in, I met Susan. And Susan was a trained retail professional. I was a guy like most of the independent retailers we work with who just, you know, it was just entrepreneurial energy. It was trying things. It was working at things. It was, you know, it was just going out there and hustling. But then Susan came, you know, we met and then she came to work for us. And like I said, she was trained. In fact, I remember, Josh, clearly the moment where I thought, oh my gosh, somebody actually trained her how to do this, right? This isn't a figure it out as you go, right? What do they say? Build the plane when you're in the air. That's what we were doing. And so that really, when she came, you know, our business was good. It was growing. It had great energy. It had a great reputation on the street, but it wasn't tight. It wasn't together. 
And when we blended sort of all of those training, all the training that she got from the department stores with all of that sort of entrepreneur, all of the entrepreneurial energy and lessons that Steve uh, and I learned, you know, just try through trial and error, boy, all of a sudden things went. Whew. And uh, it was really, really a fun, gratifying experience to finally have the store run the way it was supposed to run. And then we learned how to sell yo-yos. And I don't know if, if people in your community know my yo-yo story, but uh, over the course of a couple of years, we sold uh, several million dollars worth of yo-yo and yo-yo accessories. We had eight full-time yo-yo professionals out on the road. We had a dozen kiosks in malls. Um, one week in December of 1999, we had a $260,000 week in yo-yo sales. Uh, so, that is you know, we did lots crazy. of fun, interesting stuff. We did lots of fun, interesting stuff. Uh, yeah. In fact, I have, I made a keynote of that experience and I'll share it with you, Josh, but, uh, you know, it, but it was a crazy wild experience. And my, then after that, uh, my younger brother, Steve came to me and said, Hey, Bob, you want to sell your share of the kite shop? And I said, yes, because one of the things that I knew was that I didn't want other retailers to have to go through all of the pain and trial and error that, that I had gone through. Mm -hmm. So Susan and I both left the Mackinac Kite Company. My brother, uh, Steve, uh, still owns it and still runs it. It's still successful to this day. He runs it with my sister-in-law, uh, Lynn. And Susan and I started Whizbang Retail Training to give independent retailers the skills they need to run successful businesses. And that's what we've been doing for the last 20 years is working with people like your uh, clients and listeners of your podcast. You know, that it, in small to mid-sized independent retail is our passion. And I know it's yours too. So there's the, there's the story of Whizbang Retail Training. Gosh, I love it. And honestly, you know, I've gotten to work with a ton of people within your community and the way that you serve is incredible. Uh, but we're not here just to talk about uh, your story. You, I think you have um, what I want to do is like selfishly one, because I love to learn from you. And uh, two, I think it would serve my audience really well. I'd love to just kind of like pull out some advice. And because um, I think that right now, um, the challenges that retailers are facing is more than ever. I think we're seeing people that are really exhausted. Um, they're struggling with hiring. They're these new sales channels that they don't used to not have to think about. And now they yeah. have to think about Um what do you think, like, when you talk to those retailers, what do you typically see as kind of like, is there a root issue behind that struggle right now? Or, or what kind of advice are you giving to people? You know, that's, that that, that, that's uh, I love that idea of root issue, Josh, because here's what I know. And so in our retail mastery system, which is our flagship product, there's 11 skills, there's 11 modules. And the reason that there's 11 modules is because as you grow a business, Every time when you hit a certain level in your growth, the skills you don't have create a crack in your foundation. So then the next step, you know, you, you, so you have to develop that set of skills to, you know, to, to compensate. So th really, this is what I love about being an entrepreneur is this idea of you're always building your skill set. 
That's the nature of growth, getting better. So when you talk about what is the common thread, the common thread is uh, a lack of skills. And that's not a slam, you know, so as you grow your business and as I grow my business, the nature of growth is to you have to pick up new skills. You know, there's there's this idea of what Marshall Goldsmith says, what got you here won't get you there. So it's a, you know, business business growth isn't linear. It's it's messy, 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 messy. And I, and I think that, so when I say a lack of skills, that is not pointing, that is not being judgmental. That's just uh, sort of a fact. So I'll share with you. Uh, today, I, I recorded a hot seat with Patty Zeller, and we're going to be running it here in the next week or two on our Whizbang Retailers Facebook group page. But she's a smart, successful, award-winning uh, merchant. She's smart. She's, you know, she built an advertising agency before she built her uh, pet store, Animal Connections. And she's frustrated because uh, one of the big chains came and stole her manager. And she's having a hard time getting people into apply. So the hot seat was really, uh, uh, there were two things that happened in this hot seat that applied to your question. One was we had to go back and really look at her recruiting skills. And she's doing so many things well. So there's the skill set and there's the mindset. Mm. And so she had most of the skill set. We tweaked a couple of things. We talked about a couple of things. We had a couple of ideas. But really what Patty wanted and, and needed, and by the end we got to, was this idea of, you know what? It's just business, right? I'm throwing up my shoulders here. It's just business. And when you look at, to your question, what, what is sort of that common uh, mistake or, or problem is this idea of when you have a problem or a frustration, look at it as a data point, a moment in time with a particular set of circumstances. And then when you look at it objectively, when you look at it critically, then you'll start to see what skill needs to be developed. Mm -hmm. So every problem is an opportunity. Every problem is pointing to a skill you need to learn. So when I say lack of skills, that's really what's happening. So right now, the world has changed. And so now what independent retailers are doing is they're scrambling to develop new sets of skills. For instance, your service is a, a reaction to the fact that most people don't have the skills they need to create a successful e-commerce experience. Patty didn't have the skills, those recruiting skills she needed to, you know, to get people in the door. And mm -hmm. so there's this whole thing, omni-experiential, the skill of engaging in social selling, the skill of creating content, the skill of acquiring new customers. So uh, whenever I do a hot seat, I can almost always pretty quickly pinpoint what the problem is. And the problem is, okay, this is the problem. This is the skill you need to learn. We can talk about it, of course, but understand that this is a hole in your skill set and it's probably creating some 
problems in your mindset. And so let's just work that out. Yeah. So that gosh. was a long answer. I hope that was okay that I got a little windy. No, that that was incredible. What I love about this idea um, is when situations happen, hiring issues, COVID, you name it. We, we all have plenty of things. Um, and I, I think I learned this from um, Taylor Welch at Traffic and Funnels, but I've probably heard it from 10 other people as well, is this idea of like the thing that you blame when you say, hey, I have this problem. Here's why. That reason is what you give control to. Right. So my business isn't surviving right now because my store is closed from a shutdown. Okay, well, what's the problem with that? Your business can't survive until your store reopens and the shutdown goes away. Your problem in your marriage is your spouse. Well, what then what is the, you, your marriage can't get better until your spouse improves. Right. Yeah. All these things. But if instead we could say like, hey, my Facebook ads don't work, not because Facebook ads don't work or my agency's terrible or, or whatever, but my Facebook ads don't work because I haven't acquired the skill yet. That's perfect. I haven't acquired the skill yet to do it. Um, but Bob, I know you. And I know that there is something that people, if they stop listening right now, that they're going to leave and they're going to take the wrong point away um, because they maybe just heard me say that and they're going to think, I need to go buy a Facebook ads course and I need to learn how to do Facebook ads and so I can start doing all these things. Right. Um, what do you say? So retailers have limited time. They have limited resources. They can't do all, all the things. Right. Um, What's the difference between learning skills and uh, like at some point they need to start delegating some of these skills out. They can't sure. just continue to learn every single tactic. So what do you say? Like, how do you coach someone through that situation? Well, so the, the answer there is, is pretty straightforward. The, the, what I encourage people to do is to ask themselves, what do they love to do? What are they great at? What makes them the most money? So I was talking to a client recently and somebody called in sick and she had to get on the floor and she sold like $3,000 herself in two hours or something like that. And she was like, oh, it's so much fun. And, you know, that's how I was. I loved being on the floor. So when I was on the floor, I was making us money. You know, there's a reason that the Retail Sales Academy is hot because I was a hot salesperson, if I can so modestly say, you know, I was, cut. you know, I mean, but but there's this idea. So what do you love to do? If you love marketing, spend your time marketing. So what you're trying to do as a business owner is to really get clear on what you love to do, what makes your business money, what moves the needle in your business, and then start peeling the rest off. You know, we've had this conversation about uh, Dan Sullivan wrote the book, Who Not How. And people have been talking about Who Not How for a long time before Dan Sullivan wrote a book about it. But if you're interested in this idea of who, not how, you know, I would encourage you to read the book. But so, you you know, so to the example of Facebook ads, the idea of uh, learning Facebook ads and monitoring my stats, I mean, I would rather poke myself in my hand with a fork than do that. 
You know, it's just, or when we talk about inventory management, looking at those numbers and looking deeply into an analysis. That's not my thing. I like, I like the energy of being a retailer. I like the energy of promotions and special events. And that's if I, when I had my retail store, that's where the money got made. So what you, what you're trying to do is find people who love to do the things that you don't like to do and give that to them. So if a, if a bookkeeper costs $50 and you're not good at being a bookkeeper and you don't like keeping the books and you're not keeping the books because you're not good at it and you don't like it, you know, I guarantee you that if you have any kind of retail business at all and you love to sell, you're going to make way more than $50 being on the floor. And since we all have limited bandwidth, the nature of the game is to say, what can I give away? And that, Josh, you know, to our point of developing skills, this delegation and leadership and creating structure and creating strategy, those are all skills too. Those are higher level skills, but they're important skills. And as the retail owner starts to develop their, their, their business and their, their retail skills, this is, these are the sorts of things that happen. Gosh, I love that. And I am a firm, firm, firm believer that the most important thing that we can do as entrepreneurs or as people is focus on the questions that we're asking. Because when you ask really good questions, you ask really good answers. And I remember in my own business, um, I had a point where I was really struggling. Like I had a high turnover in this one position. It was really hard for me to hire. And people would come in and then they would be here for like a month and it just wasn't working. And I remember asking the question of like, okay, well, I need to learn that thing better so I can train it better. And I never, it never hit me to ask the question like, or do I have the skill set that I'm just not a very good leader? Right. I'm, just, I'm not a good boss. Right. And, and I need to develop that skill first. It was not a tactic that I need, I had gotten to that point in my business that I could set, set, set that or step up a level and say, how do I develop a leadership skill? Because that's what I'm missing. I think it's so easy because when you first start your business, you know, you're, it is about learning tactics. You're right. learning your point of sale system. You're learning your website or whatever. But at a certain point, the skills have to really go up a level. And I think, gosh, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, so, so, so let's talk about something else real. I, 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 let me talk about something then I'll get to a great, great quote that I know you're going to absolutely love. So uh, Susan and I created this model and you, you and I both love models called the retailer's journey because you know how many, I mean, I've been doing this for tw 20 years, you know, so 20 years as a retailer, 20 years doing this. So I've talked to a lot of retailers. So I think I, well, I know I've talked to enough retailers to spot patterns. And so the retailer's journey, people start out as shopkeepers. Bob Nagan owning a kite shop, not knowing what in the world he's doing, is a shopkeeper. Very, very tactical filled with stress, not knowing what you're do, doing, trial and errors. But then the, the object, especially now in today's world of retail, where the information and the people are so readily available, the object is to get to the second stage, which is what I call retail pro. 
And that's when you have built in the systems, the processes, the trainings, the you have built that sort of basic foundational set of skills. The third step is what we call entrepreneurs, artists. But, you know, we don't need to talk about that right now. But, you know, to your point uh, on our Whizbang Retailers group. Uh, so if any of your listeners are listening to this and they aren't members of our Facebook group, Whizbang Retailers, I'd encourage them to join. But people are always looking for ideas. I need an idea for this. I need an idea for that. I need an idea for that. And the idea of I need an idea is typically very uh, indicative that somebody is a shopkeeper. You know, Absolutely. I, I need an idea for for traffic. No, you need to be a better marketer. So, you know, there's that whole thing. So but now yeah. I want to go back to this quote and then I'm, I'm sorry if I'm if I'm talking too much. But uh, so I was in a mastermind with a guy and his name is Chris Knight. And we were having a conversation one night. And here's what he said to me. And I want you, uh, everyone who's listening to this to really kind of, you know, maybe write it down and ponder it for a little bit, because I really believe it holds a very, very essential entrepreneurial truth. He said, Bob, in the beginning of a business, the more you do, the more you make. But there, you know, and that's 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 shopkeeper, right? You're just grinding. You're, you know, you're just, you know, the more hours you work, you know, it's it's just you're accumulating. And he said, but there comes a time when the more you think, the more you make. And since you can't think and do at the same time, that statement by itself is actually quite profound. The secret to growing your business is to do less and think more, you know, and, and it just was, you know, I was like, Chris, <laughs> you get an A for that one, buddy. And, you know, and I've thought about that a lot because, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, you and I, and all of your listeners as independent retailers, all of our clients, you know, there's just this tendency to get into the weeds. And I mean, we, we it happens here at Wizbang Training, even though we teach this stuff, the cobbler's children have no shoes sometimes, but you know that when when you're working hard, you're doing a lot. When you're in the weeds like that, to your point, sometimes it's hard to lift your head up and to be able to think about and ask the right questions to move your business forward in a meaningful way. Absolutely, gosh, you're, um, yeah, that whole retailer's journey. Honestly, of any framework you teach, that's my favorite. And I, um, I've i kind of taken it and I do an adapted version related to e-commerce. Um, and one of the things that I love to talk about is like, hey, well, how do you level up? What does it look like to do that? And I think one of, if I could leave some advice with, not with you, Bob, but with um, right, other sure, people is the idea of saying like, okay, so you are a shopkeeper. We're self-aware. First off, knowing where you are is great. And one of the cool things about being a shopkeeper, you know, Bob, you teach that the excitement is about product. And I think that there's something cool that is like, we just want to bottle that up and make that into a pill that we could take for the rest of our career because we, sometimes it's easy. To, have you ever met a retailer who's like, oh, I just hate clothes. Like you own a clothing store. Like, yeah, but I just, I don't enjoy this anymore. Right. We, we don't want to lose that. But what we can do is start to say, look at someone a level ahead and even ask, okay, what would they worry about in this situation? 
No, that's so a great when, idea. When we talk about e-commerce, for example, it's really common that we'll talk about a feature on a site. And the first question I'll get from a shopkeeper is, what app does this? What app does whatever? They, it's a software question. Yeah. Um, and the better question is, hey, well, what would that pro retailer, what would that um, professional really ask? Well, they're going to obsess over their customer. And they're going to think about, okay, in store, we do this with our customer. What does that look like online? Like, what is my customer experience there? And then we back into tactics and we get to the apps, we get to, um, to those things. So, Bob, I want to get back to some of what we were talking about earlier, because I think um, that idea of who, not how is really important. And especially for a shopkeeper, the entry-level retailer, one of the things I hear so much is, I've hired, I brought, I got the team in, they're difficult, I have all these circumstances that are beyond sure. easy, and just no one does it as well as I do. No right. one, right. you know, no one can clean the blinds as well as I can <laughs> clean the blinds. Um, and no one can sell like I do. Do you, I mean, I, I see that all the real time, one. right? So uh, the, the 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 owner comes in and steps on all the salespeople, steps on their toes, and then they, he he or she wonders why the salespeople aren't any good. Well, it's because when you walk in, they get out of the way because that's what happens in that store. So yes, yeah, so go ahead. I'm sorry. No, but like, what do you? How how do we? So for that person, what does it look like to start to let your team do it, knowing that you probably do it best? That owner is sure. the best salesperson. So what does that transition start to look like? Yeah, sure. That's a great question. So the, the first thing that I had to understand is that, that idea between the difference in, between leadership and management, because I thought that leadership was enthusiasm. So as long as I was enthusiastic enough about everything, that everyone would follow my lead. And I thought if I asked nicely, that everything would get done miraculously to the standards that I had buried deep inside my brain. And, you know, and that's just not how it works. In fact, if you're if if any of your listeners are taking notes, here's something that's really important to understand is that if you don't clearly communicate your standards, your team members have no, uh, no choice but to create standards of their own, right? They, mm. they have to. So really, the, what I'm talking about here is the idea of management. And I learned retail management from both Susan and from Harry Friedman and from getting on the floor and applying. I mean, those were the two main, sort of my main... Uh, mentors when it comes to learning things. But then, you know, then then you have Stephen Covey and you have all the, you know, the leadership books and things like that. But the thing that really got me past what you're describing is understanding that management is about creating the processes, the systems, the training it's about creating the infrastructure so that your people know what to do. And then creating the infrastructure so that there is cause and effect so that it all becomes very mechanical. So, you know, so you build the training program, you have your non-negotiable standards written in the language of behaviors 
rather than responsibilities. And you have the training and people have signed off on the training. You know that they know and they know that you know that they know. But then when they violate those non-negotiable standards, the disciplinary action process gets put into play. So the thing that it took me a long time to learn is that management is very, very mechanical. It's not emotional, it's mechanical. And so for people who have that problem, the answer is to uh, get to work, build the training programs, understand how to write standards that are clear, how to hold people accountable to them. And, you know, that's really, that is that, that, that's the third skill that we learned at the Mackinac Kite Company. The first skill we learned was marketing. And that's because we needed to get people in the store. The second skill we learned was selling because we needed to make sure that we were converting as many people as possible because there weren't that many people. But then as we started to grow, we uh, realized that we needed to learn how to become better managers and better leaders because we were bringing in people and they weren't doing the job that I that, that we needed them to do. So that whole idea of management, leadership, culture creation, those are all skills. Gosh, I love that. It's... It, you know, because we hear the term scale so much. Um, and I love that like, even the order that you started to learn that because that management piece is really one of the until that is mastered, scaling is impossible because I think we mistake it's chaos. <laughs> it's chaos because we mistake the word growth with scaling. There's growth, which is like you're making more money this year than you were last year, which is good. We can do that without mastering management. You can get better at sales. You can get better at marketing. You keep getting, just recycle those two and you're going to keep making more money. But to scale literally means like to take something that exists and like magnify it. And if right. the picture you're magnifying isn't a pretty picture, maybe let's make that worth, like you always want to expand something that is worth expanding first. Because as soon as you open that, like that second location, if you have not gotten management down, you can't jump between the sales floor at both locations. You, you know, so and so here's the story of the Mackinac Kite Company, Josh. So uh, two brothers, one store, we did great. Two brothers, two stores, we did great. Uh, two brothers, three stores, we almost went broke the first time. Right. <laughs> because we didn't, you know, I mean, it's a different business and we didn't know how to do it. And one of the I can't tell you how many people I have talked out of second locations. You know, so here's what typically happens. Somebody, a landlord from another town or another center comes in and it feels good to be wanted. Oh my gosh, somebody wants us to come to Charlevoix. Charlevoix, Michigan's a great town, you know, and it's, it's flattering after you've been working so hard, but you have to know whether, you know, whether you've got the chops. I mean, do, is it, are all of your uh, operational pieces in place? Do you have a buyer? Are you know? It, it, do you have the structure so that you can leave? You know. And also, the other question that I ask all the time is, you know, how much more can we get out of the store you already have? Mm. Yes, it's romantic to open another location, but I can walk into almost any retail store I know and find 15, 20% growth just by looking around the store, looking at what they're doing, seeing how they're training their salespeople. 
So I'd much rather see a business. And if any of your listeners are thinking this way, my advice to you, and I think it mirrors what you said earlier, my advice to you is to ask yourself, how tight are you? How good are you? And this is one of the reasons that the retail mastery system is such an important product for so many people, because you don't know what you don't know. I mean, I didn't even know what assortment planning was till Susan came to work. I was like, what's assortment planning? What's open to buy planning? I'm like, what, what is all this stuff that you're talking about? You know, my, my, my thing was get out there and sell some stuff. That's how. And so this idea of you have to really, really become fundamentally sound before you start to open more stores, before you start to really get outside your comfort zone. Uh, that's the way that you grow uh, successfully and with minimal stress to your point about scaling. Yeah, I love that. And so one of the things that you talked about is the idea of like, so when it comes to management that, okay, right. what's that first step? And it's, okay, let's get going on training. Um, one of my favorite things that Wizbang has put together, um, and honestly, like, I would love if we could dive into it with some of my audience, because I think it's a um, a worthwhile thing to look at, because I think this is an area where people really struggle, is the Retail Sales Academy Plus. Because right. um, when it comes to training, even some of like the how-tos, I'm thinking of like all of the things taped on the side of walls and back rooms and all right. of that. Um, tell me about, or tell us about the Retail Sales Academy Plus. Like what does that do yeah, for retailers sure. in helping develop that plan? Right. Well, and I appreciate you giving me a chance to talk about it. So we've had the Retail Sales Academy for about six years now. And the, the Retail Sales Academy is really the most customer focused retail specific selling system anywhere. And, you know, it's been a great program. We have sheaths of digital testimonial since you can't have a sheath uh, or a sheet of paper with a digital testimonial. But, you know, I mean, we've uh, typically people immediately see between 10 and 15 percent increase in the average ticket just because they have skilled sales salespeople. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a great program for us. It's been a great program for our clients who use it. But one of the things that we recognized right away was people wanted to put their own training on it. They wanted to have it in one place. And so that's what we did for the last year and a half. We've been building this brand new platform called the Retail Sales Academy Plus. So Josh, uh, do you have a hobby? Are you a golfer? Are you a hunter or a fisherman? Or I play guitar. Guitar. So Josh's music. All right. So Josh's music when you uh, enroll in the Re uh, Retail Sales Academy Plus, now all of a sudden, all of your frontline employees get, uh, get trained on how to sell, the six steps to the perfect purchase. So I'll train your people how to sell on the floor, you know, selling. But then you get to take all of the things that you need, that you know your people need, and to create courses on the Retail Sales Academy. So you could have uh, courses on the guitars we carry at Josh's Music. Uh, 
And then here's Josh with his Taylor C3. This is a 3C3. It's one of my favorite guitars. This is why I like it. These are the benefits. These are the features. When somebody asks you this, you know, really training is the process of taking what's in here and putting it someplace where everybody else has access to it. So it's not just product training. It's all the other stuff. Examples. What are your return policies? What are your philosophies? How do you count the money? You know, one of the uh, hallmarks of operational excellence is your bank wrecks down to zero every night. Took me about 15 years to get it where every night it went down to zero. But, you know, that comes from teaching your people how to count the money the same way. Uh, things like how do you turn off the alarm if it goes off accidentally? All of this stuff that become annoyances that are perpetual annoyances in a business, they all can be easily put onto the platform. Uh, you can create quizzes to make sure that your uh, team members know, uh, actually know what the, they were supposed to learn. So now all of a sudden, all of the training they need is right there in one place with it's full brilliant. accounting, full reporting. And it's, it's awesome. People are, you know, we're just bringing out a, it out of beta and the people who have tested it and are trying it are loving it because it's solving a very, very important problem. I love it. So there's a, an area where I am uniquely excited. Um, so I believe like training is so difficult and, and especially because like you, what ends up happening is an owner trains someone and then that person trains someone else. And, you know, all of a sudden you end up with an 18 year old training another 18 year old. And they're just like, yeah, it's pretty easy around here. Like you just sleep. Yeah. It's like, you know, and then they're, Bob, I love it. Was it you who said the Roomba thing? Um, yeah, that came from Jill Tack. Yeah. Uh, Roomba crew. So you, you, your crew members come out from behind the counter, go approach a customer. And then when the customer says, just looking, the, the Roomba goes back and docks behind the counter. Yes. I love it. Um, but my world, I'm so much in the e-commerce side, but we're only working with brick and mortar retailers is, you know, we launch these beautiful sites and they're great. And then I'll go two months later. And despite all the training that we provided, all the resources that we gave, the site has images that are off and, or it hasn't been updated one time, but instead an owner can create a resource that's like, hey, here's our operational standards in store, online, on social media. This is how you run our brand. And that idea of like, I can finally be on a beach with an umbrella and a cup <laughs> sipping something is like finally, it's one of those things that creates that light at the end of the tunnel of, okay, this is how I could actually have a team. And I will say to be serious about it, and this is a big reason why I wanted to have Bob on here, because I really believe in this idea um, is hiring is more difficult right now than ever. But the biggest part of hiring is keeping your really good people. And the best way to keep really good people is to make them feel equipped. There's all these other pieces, but if people don't enjoy their job, they're not going to stay where they are. And no one enjoys doing a job that they don't do well. I think there is, we think that people are lazy and people, but I think most people generally want to be good at what they do. 
That's exactly right. You know, so Josh, you just hit it on the nose. The best recruiting strategy is a retention strategy. Because if you keep the people you have and you keep them happy and you make sure that they feel empowered, that they feel listened to, that they're having fun, that you're giving them the skills they need to be successful, they're not going to leave so quickly, right? It's, it's So it really, uh, I love what you said. And this is goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning of your show, this idea of you're trying to solve problems once and for all. It's not spray and pray, you know, spray to put out a, a fire and pray that it doesn't start again. You know, you're just really, you're just methodically taking all of the things that you know need to happen on your floor for your customers to have a successful experience and for your team members to have a experience, a successful experience. And then you're just putting this on, putting them on the Retail Sales Academy Plus, and you have the ability to assign lessons. So, uh, Josh, you know, so you have a problem. Let's just, we'll just use the example of the uh, alarm. So the alarm in Josh's music goes off in the middle of the day, and nobody knows how to turn it off. You're the only guy who has, you know, the wherewithal or the knowledge or whatever it takes to turn off this uh, this alarm. So they end up tracking you down and you end up having to come to the store and it ruins your afternoon off. You know, you get pulled off the golf course, yada, 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 you're annoyed. And so then this becomes the opportunity for Josh to make, hey, it's Josh, this is how we turn off the alarm. I gotta put the phone there. I mean, it really is that simple. Hey, it's Josh. Uh -huh. If you have a problem with the alarm, if it goes off, these are the three steps that you take. Okay. Then you assign that lesson to all of your employees. And the next time the alarm goes off, they either know exactly how to do it or they know where to go. You have solved the problem, maybe not once and for all, but you've gone a long ways towards solving it once and for all. And this it. is how, you know, to your point about building a business that doesn't need you to be there all the time, this is how it happens. You know, we have clients, uh, one of our clients, uh, two Bostons in Illinois, I think they said that the last time they looked, they had 40 hours of training. Not on the retail sales account, but they have 40 hours of training. You know, it's every time something happens, they just, hey, it's Andy. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, I, that is, you know, it's really a way to it's a perspective on solving problems once and for all and taking these little annoyances and getting them off your plate. Well, that's incredible. Um, so for those of you that are curious and you want to learn more about it, um, the link is in the show notes. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, then we'll put the the link below. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this um, before mid-June, uh, I do just have to quickly throw in uh, that please join us at the Retail Success Summit, June 13th and 14th in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, I'll be there. Crystal Media will be there. Obviously, Bob and we have, gosh, there's so many incredible speakers. Uh, so there's a link below. Please join us for that. Uh, honestly, it's like the coolest event in retail. 
Spotify. Well, thank you, Josh. I don't know why you. I don't know why people haven't registered. If you haven't yet, um, yeah. but honestly, I'd love if you joined us there. Um, I'm excited to get back in person and seeing your faces again and and all of that. So it should be fun. Um, but Bob, thank you for being here. It was so good to have you. Well, th- Josh, it really, truly has been an honor. So uh, always enjoy talking to you. Always enjoy learning from you too. So, all right. Well, thanks for being here. And uh, for those of you listening, uh, huge request: leave a review for the show. It's how we help other people uh, find our content and yeah, show up in searches and all that. So leave a review for us. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, and if you don't follow me at retail, Josh, shoot me a DM. Let me know that you're enjoying the show. And, uh, I appreciate you for listening. I'll see you next week.